0: What if you learned that you were the difference between making $50,000 in a week versus 50000 in a year? It was all up to your money mindset. What if gaining that self-awareness from your money blocks and embracing discomfort could change your bank account in a huge way? In today's episode, we have special guest Jess Glazer. Jess Glazer is a former celebrity, personal trainer, and elementary school teacher that turned her cute side hustle into a multi-million dollar business in just two years. She's leaving her teaching job in 2017. She had hired a team of incredible heart-centered leaders, and she has served hundreds of clients and helped create over $10 million in revenue for those clients. She is committed to helping over 100 entrepreneurs create seven-figure impact-driven businesses and is well on her way with seven already in that seven-figure club. As a result of donation and increasing self-awareness for the the community and global scale, she and her husband have also been able to build a school in Ghana, Africa with, with Pencils of Promise. I'll drop some information in the show notes if you yourself would like to also donate to this great cause. You may have seen her on a feature on the Wall Street Journal, Forbes, Yahoo, Finance, the Today Show, Good Day New York, the New York Post, or even Shape Magazine. Maybe you've even seen her on Instagram with her RV travels with her husband and her new pup on Instagram. Her mission is to cause a ripple effect and inspire change for generations to come. This is going to make a huge, massive impact and do more than just provide income, but also a lasting legacy beyond just her singular actions. I'm really excited for you guys to meet Jess Glazer on today's show and learn how you yourself can take steps to move from making those 50K years into 50K weeks. All right, let's go. Welcome back to Control the Chaos Mama, where this is life and launch strategy for the ADHD entrepreneur and the overwhelmed mom, the creative rebel, and all the things. And so today we have a special guest. We're actually going to talk with Jess Glazer, and she is a business mentor and coach. And she helps so many women, really men too, actually, don't you? Men and women make money. And that is what all this is going to be for this episode. I'm really excited because I've been following her for quite some time. She has a group program, and really, her story is pretty amazing. She's going to help us teach you and show you how some of the steps that she went from being a teacher. Which I totally resonate with, and making 50K during the whole entire year to now being able to do 50K in a week. So welcome to the show, Jess. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited for us to learn more about your story and how in the world you could do this because this timeline is pretty short. It is.
1: That's the kind of forward is from Cute Side Hustle to multiple seven figures in two years, but really, I mean it was quite longer than that behind the scenes.
0: Yeah. And a lot of people don't talk about, you know, you hear that how people are talking about how much so much is underneath and how a lot of this change is almost like pre-work, the inner work, before it even meets the outside. Almost like you got to think about the change and then like try the change, build some confidence. So I'm really looking forward to figuring out what happened in that time.
1: So during the two years or during the full like, you know, eight? I mean, really... I went from an elementary school teacher, like you said, to being an entrepreneur, which is not something that I ever sought out to be. I never knew what an entrepreneur was. We don't have entrepreneurs in the family. It happened organically and accidentally through lots of different lives that I've lived. So I went to school for my doctorate of physical therapy. I was in the fashion industry for a while, lived on my brother's couch in Manhattan in New York City for a year, found myself working as an elementary school teacher for eight years. And while I was a teacher, I had a lot of these cute side hustles during the nights and the weekends to sort of fill my time and fill my cup, if you will, because I didn't really feel totally fulfilled. In 2012, I started doing some bodybuilding competitions and my my coach was in Massachusetts, but I was in New Jersey. And so that was the first time I experienced this kind of digital coaching world that I didn't know about. And being a trainer at the time, I had been a trainer for about 15 years. I had this light bulb moment of, well, I can do this too. And maybe I can make some cash on the side of my 50,000 a year, which was barely making ends meet. So in 2013, I started emailing clients across the country and globally, and they would mail me an actual check in the mail because I didn't have anything set up. I didn't have a business or payment processor or anything, but that's where it really started. And then it went into kind of blogging and paid eBooks and paid Facebook groups and paid challenges and over the years grew, but never to the point that I was ready to replace my income and leave my teaching job. What grew though was my my confidence my ability the capacity to dream bigger and this kind of awareness of could there be a different way this is so interesting like there are other people doing it why not me and so I had this moment in 2016 driving to work listening to a podcast that really shifted my life and I'm happy to share that quick little story if you'd like
0: yeah I'm really curious everyone's probably like what's the podcast it sounds first of all I was like oh she's multi-passionate it's okay to actually like see where this road leads leads you and then pivot if as needed that's why honestly I really love podcasting I feel like it lets you be you and really all of your forums could do that if we let them but it's like we don't we almost think that we have to start from scratch and then go all in and then we feel like well, I'm an imposter and all that and yeah. I feel like it doesn't have to be that way you could just allow yourself to learn and grow and let it be okay yeah it's assets you know so, yeah. I mean, well, growth. What was the story and why is the podcast we have to know?
1: I actually don't remember the podcast. I wish I did. It was a man interviewing a woman and she was a teacher and she made jewelry and sold it on Etsy and she wanted to go all in on her jewelry line, but was scared because she had great benefits. The summers, a pension. And so he said to her, what would you do? What would it look like if you gave yourself a year to do the jewelry thing and it didn't work out? What would be the worst case scenario? And she said, well, I'd go back to teaching. I've been a teacher for 10 years. I just, I don't know where or what district, but I'd go back to teaching. Mind you, this was my eighth year, driving to work, coffee in hand. And his answer, his response changed the entire trajectory of our life. He said, oh, how does it feel to wake up every day and live in your worst case scenario?
0: Repeat that again. That was really Ah. (laughs) bad.
1: How does it feel to wake up every day and live in your worst case scenario? And so it hit me like a dagger and I just pulled the car over. I was crying. I texted my husband. I said, I don't think I can do this anymore. And this was October of 2016. Now teaching seven minute commute, beautiful home in New Jersey, like that wasn't my worst case scenario, but it definitely wasn't my best case scenario. And I had been feeling like I was living in somebody else's story for a while. And so that night we started talking about what would it look like? Crazy, stupid idea time. Could we really make it work? What am I going to do instead? Because my, my cute side hustles, as I call them in air quotes, They were bringing in like $300 a month. It was not, it was not replace your income type of money. Mm -hmm. And so we sort of just made a plan. And by January 2nd of that year, 2017, when I went back to school after winter break, I walked into my principal's, principal's office and resigned. And he was much like a father figure. And he was shocked. He couldn't believe it. Eight years in, well, your husband must be getting transferred. Where are you guys moving to? I said, we're not moving. Like, it's not that's not what happened. I just, I can't do this anymore. And he advised me that he thought it was that idea as a parent of a child nearly my age. And it was, yeah, but this is, this is what we're going to do. We're going to figure it out. And if it doesn't work, I know that I can come back to teaching or I can go be a personal trainer, which I was already on the nights and weekends or bartender, waitress, or work at the front desk of a gym. There were so many different options that I had been limiting myself to think that it's teaching or nothing. It's teaching or all of a sudden, what do we think? Everything's gone. You just go from having all of this stuff to then being homeless and not having shelter or food. The gap is really big. And that's, yeah, it happen overnight. So there's so many things you can do in the meantime. So what I did was I committed to, I will do whatever it takes for me to make ends meet. And I'm going to put my ego aside. And I might take a job that I think that I'm better than or beyond. I was 33 at the time, married. I'm an adult. So I've already had multiple college degrees. Right. So to put my ego aside and say, I'll take jobs that I don't maybe want to. I'll do things that I think I'm beyond. I'll ask for help, even though I feel like I should know. And I'll get in rooms that make me wildly uncomfortable.
0: Well, and it sounds like kind of like the quote you just said to where it's like you have done almost that fear setting exercise where you figure out like, well, what's the worst thing that can happen And stay there for a second. Like, uh, is that okay? So if that happens, then I've made a plan like you almost have an escape route. (laughs) And so you clearly didn't have to escape. Tell us through the timetable of like, okay, so you left your job. And did you have that burn the boats moment where you're like, this is working no matter what is that what helped you to kind of push that other gap of the, you know, the little wins through the side hustles and confidence and, you know, you have some clients on the side to like burn the boats. Like, I'm this is happening and it's going to be enough for us to build making all this money and helping other people make money too and a big impact. So, where is that? Cause I feel like that's the gap that a lot of people really have trouble leaping across. It's mm-hmm. like when it's not all or nothing or when it's a safer, I can look over the ledge and maybe hang my feet over but to actually try to jump and go across it is I feel like a scary part but
1: it's so interesting I think I have burned the books, if you will a couple times but the one that was the hardest was actually not leaving my job as a teacher and going all in on entrepreneurship <laughs> it was later in the story so when I left my job as a teacher you're talking about the ledge, but we talk about jump, just leap, Your are winged out on the way down. And I don't feel that I did that. I don't feel that it was this brave jump and in, into faith of growing my wings. It was more discomfort in the life that I was in and feeling very small and just that I couldn't breathe anymore. It was like, I, I had no other choice. It wasn't, I'm going to go be brave and try this thing. It was, this isn't working for me anymore. Like, I don't want to live in this life. But when I did leave teaching, of course, that was definitely a burn in the boats moment of. I had no income. I really had no income. However, I did very quickly replace that. The week we moved to New York City, I replaced it with a job as a trainer. So did I really burn the boats? Not really. I I just replaced my job with a job, which I didn't recognize until almost a year later when a mentor of mine held a mirror up and was like, yeah, I'm really proud of you. But also you didn't do it yet. Like you haven't actually done it. So it wasn't about, about six months later. And what had happened when I finally burned the boats and I put down 50% of my personal training clients and I, I like cut my roster in half and I really put my energy into my online business. We went from cute side hustle still, a couple thousand dollars a month to multiple six figures. And then in doing that, a lot of the people in my industry in New York were asking me, well, how did you build this business? What have you learned over all these years? Can you teach me? This is pre-pandemic, 2016, 2017. I'm on Zoom all day. Not everybody's on Zoom. So a lot of my peers, York were asking me, what are you doing behind the computer? What is that? What are these things you're selling? How do you make so much money? And so just naturally, I started teaching friends for free. One friend turned into three, then five, then seven of us behind my laptop every Thursday. And I'm like, wait a minute, I think I need to charge you. So that was another time I burned the boats where I put down all of my health and fitness after 18 years working as a trainer, working so hard to get into all the magazines and covers and TV, you know, Today show and all of that. And I put it all down and I shut down all of the health and fitness stuff. And I did a massive pivot into business because my friends and clients were getting crazy results. And I was like, okay, I I just have to help more people. And so in 20, actually, I think it wasn't until the end of 2019, maybe even January of 2020, I went, I just finally put everything in fitness down because I was doing both for a while, fitness and business. And then scaled to multiple seven
0: figures. So it's almost like you had to make the space for the, the rest of the people to come. Like before, they probably weren't even, it's like, you want these clients to come, but are you making the space for them to come? Like, when would you take clients? You know what I mean? Like when, because I think a lot of times we think that the clients will come and then we'll make the space and it's provide the space first. That's pretty tangible. Basically, make the spot for your schedule for the people to come. And then did you, what's the next step that you do? Did you get a coach? Did you, obviously you mentioned already that you embraced discomfort, got around probably some people where you could absorb and up-level your own um, personal development. But what was the next thing after that, do you think?
1: Yeah, so I hired my first business coach in 2014 and I've had one, I've always had one. Different ones, different masterminds, different coaches and mentors, different types of programs. But yeah, I've had a coach since 2014. So it's been a while but continue to just stretch myself, set bigger goals, make more impact, get in front of more people, start speaking on stages, doing a lot of podcast tours, create programs and products that were just what my my clients and my audience was asking for. I'm a huge advocate of not building something until people have actually purchased it. And that's something that we teach within Empower, which is our signature program. So when a client asks or when you want to create something, I'm really in the camp that you sell it first and then you build it as you go for that first round and build it live, allow the clients to help you navigate really the time, the the pacing, the direction, even though you might have a framework or like a skeleton in your brain, I really allow the clients to help navigate that. So we just started leaning into, I say we now because we have a team of tens, but I started leaning into what tweaks can I make? How can I enhance every round after round with that signature program where We're approaching class 14 right now. We're doing class 14. We're getting ready for 13 rounds of just like implementing feedback, even when it stings. Right? Like feedback is neutral. Feedback is neutral. So taking that feedback, making tweaks, making the program better, making the client experience better, making sure that we're just like constantly refining it, which in turn results in better results for the clients as well. So our client wins started just going through the roof and they continue to get bigger and then build our team out. And what we've really focused on the past year is building a machine that makes us money rather than just myself as a coach or like a singular product that makes us money. So we're looking to build a machine that makes money as opposed to just like, yeah, I launched this course and it makes money.
0: Congratulations. I'm 14. That's amazing. So if someone was needing to control the chaos when it comes to our negative self-talk, maybe I know we've already talked about build self-awareness but how can you help them to stop self-sabotaging when it comes to these money blocks? Because you obviously had to probably increase your pricing at different times and stuff like that. Or even you mentioned when you were friends for free, how did you get from coaching friends for free to being like, I need money. (laughs) I'm worth this, I'm valuable. There's a lot of different
1: layers here and I think
0: different avenues.
1: So we'll go down the more woo-woo first. So it's understanding your own relationship to money and with money and around money and the stories and the beliefs and just the generational beliefs that you have around money and really looking at it face to face and deciding, is that yours? Is that belief yours? And if not, would you like to change it? So if you would like to change it, and I'll give you an example, money doesn't grow on trees or money is the root of all evil, or you have to work really hard to make money, whatever it might be, what that belief is that you've been passed down society, generations in your family. Is that yours? Do you truly believe it? If not, if you want to change it, you get to rewrite it. But it's funny, we learn that thoughts become things and they don't. Before thoughts, there's beliefs. Beliefs is actually the deepest in, in with all the pattern of the six. So it's beliefs, thoughts, feelings, decisions, actions, results. And so beliefs is the deepest core. And so we get to rewrite those stories. And so you can rewrite them based on your own evidence, And if you don't have evidence of whatever it is that you want to rewrite, then can you look externally and see someone else that's done it or has it or created it? So is there external evidence that like, it's been done? It's actually true a different way. Someone that's very wealthy and they're a great person. They're not evil. And if so, then you can start to rewrite your belief. The second thing would be tuning your financial thermostat and would be the equivalent to when I was a teacher, my financial thermostat, my ceiling, my glass ceiling, my cap was $50,000. Now, whether I won the lottery or made a bunch of money or lost a bunch of money, I was always cycling around $50,000. It didn't matter how much money was in any of my accounts I would spend or use or something in my life would happen where it would require me to spend more or I'd want to invest. And I just cycled around 50,000, which the funny thing is I didn't choose that number. My board of education chose that number, but because they chose that number and I was put into kind of this box of 50 K, that was my thermostat. I didn't really believe or embody didn't calibrate to a level where I felt that I could play with more money. And so until I was able to tune that financial thermostat and and tweak it and make it higher, was I able to elevate that number, which is why so many times people that win the lottery end up bankrupt, like quickly, or they lose everything that they won within a year or six months or two years, because they're not ready to actually energetically hold that amount of money. They haven't calibrated to that level. So in working through some of my own money stories and money blocks and money beliefs, I energetically set myself up for more of the tactical masculine side where sometimes for some people, free is really important at first because some people sometimes need client results. They need their own proof, not social proof, but their own proof that their method works. They need to build the confidence around before they can start charging. And then maybe they start charging at a lower rate and over time they raise their rates again based on their own confidence, their own experience, their own client results. So yes, what I charge now is slightly different than what I used to charge, whether it was zero or a smaller number, but it's been layered, peppered over time, layer and layer of proof of result, proof proof that it's working, proof of myself, continuing to raise my financial thermostat based on evidence and proof within myself and, and people around me. And
0: I think there's this piece of it where you are almost like trying, letting yourself try. And like you even said, Go and figure out what the next step is, but then maybe even keep a little promise to yourself. So maybe you're going to set some sort of boundary. Okay, I'm going to do maybe start with free, but then that's my last free one, which you've definitely given us plenty of tips, really tactical and inner work kind of stuff, self-awareness and that sort of thing. So I feel like everyone's going to want to go and follow you so they can see first your new puppy and (laughs) your RV life. Yeah. Where can we find you if we want to come and meet, what is it, Monty? (laughs) I'm like biased, of course, but he's the cutest, Montana. Uh, Come on over
1: to Instagram. That's where I hang out most. i slide into my chat with you. If you have questions, let me know. And I'd love to offer your audience a free gift if you're open to that. Awesome. We'd love freebie. (laughs) So with all of my, all the mindset work that we're talking about and the limiting beliefs, I'm a huge reader and I'm a huge advocate for reading. And so I have a reading list from years and years of myself reading. Uh, there's hundreds of books on there, broken down into I think seven or nine different categories, as well as having a speed reading training in there for you. Ooh. And so we have all of my favorite money books if you want to get past some of those money blocks, mindset books. There's business, marketing, you name it. So that's at justlaser. dot com slash reading
0: vault. And then before we go, what is your favorite book? And then, <laughs> then. I'm like, give me a category. But what are you reading right now? How about that? That's my be Right now, I'm
1: currently reading Dr. Wayne Dyer, one of his older books, The Power of Intention, which I read previously, but I've circled back to it. So that is what I'm currently reading. I will tell you one of my favorites that I just read every year is Secrets of a Millionaire Mind by T. Harv Eker. Okay. that's just like an every year book. <laughs>
0: All right. I will. We will drop the link for the freebie into the show notes, and I will leave you the way I leave you every week, wishing you joy and abundance, Angel.